Girlfriends. Hi there. This is Angela Jordan Perry with Girlfriends Chat. This is an opportunity for an interview today. I have a great interviewee who is coming to us out of Texas. I'm going to give her a chance to tell you a little bit more about that. Um, but this interview is with Danny Oliver. And I came in touch with Danny uh, just by happenstance. I'm going to tell you, she's found me on YouTube, listening to one of the videos, and was like, Angela, I see what you're doing. I love your vision. I want to connect with you. How can I connect with you? And then, uh, so that's where we have been for this past month, connecting and just getting to know one another. And, but Danny is very much a go-getter. She is a businesswoman. She is a mother of, as she says, of three, two human um, children. And then one is um, an umbrella beverage manufacturing company that she has. Um, Dana is soon to be a farmer. She is a transplant from New York there to Texas with her husband and her, her children. This woman is definitely an entrepreneur, homeschool entrepreneur mom at heart. And what I have gleaned and learned from Danny is that whatever she puts her hands to, she just makes it happen. She just don't take no, she just moves forward. She just, just go, 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 go. Invest all of her time and energy into making it happen. Um, she has um, started, these are the things that she has gotten her hands into. She has an island to island, it's called Island to Island Brewery, um, House of Juice, and Brooklyn Ju uh, June Brew. These are some of the things that she has gotten her hands to. Other than that, she is into um, manufacturing, creativity, productivity. Um, let's see, what else can I think of with her? She has, um, she's a developer, a designer, an artist, uh, she, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of creativity in this one person. Um, she is also an Ararat Indigenous American. Um, which I was very, very like, ah! I was so excited to have met um, someone who is of the Arawak, um, and, but that's from, she's from the Caribbean. So, so much uh, I can say, say about Danny. One of the things I do want to point out and, and share with you all is a quote that she said, and I think it's very profound. So you all check this out. She says, my education was a prison. I was punished as part of the collective. I had no space for thought or reflection. This had this led to depression and thoughts of suicide, which weren't recognized in West Indian culture in the 20th century. When I was able to educate myself, I found the agency for expression, research, and reflection. I found peace in studying books that were not assignments attached to a grade holding my future hostage. This sense of self, I have only scratched the surface of in my 30s, is what I want my children to grow up with rather than push them towards the status quo. So Danny, you know, without further ado, I have told the girlfriends just a little teeny bit about you. If there is more to share, please tell us more about you and how you actually began your journey on uh, to homeschooling. Well, thank you so much, Angela. I really appreciate your introduction. I appreciate the time that we have been able to spend together over this past month and the support that you have offered me 
on this journey. I can't tell you how much I've grown in a month alone, just talking to you on a regular basis from where I, where I was when I came to you at the end of the summer. So I want to thank you wow. for that tremendously. Uh, girlfriends, you got to get with Angela because she is the official girlfriend's guide to homeschooling. I promise you just going through her videos and talking to her, you will not be disappointed and you will find yourself in a more positive and peaceful place. Just listening to what she's bringing to the forefront. I really want to stress that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and what got me here, like you mentioned, was my education for 25 years. I was in prison. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me otherwise, you know, there was the threat of being beaten. There was actually getting beaten for showing leadership. Uh, there was being punished for the collective. Like I think about what first grade was as my daughter became six years old and she was leading up to that. It's like, you know, if we had to put her in school, she'd be in first grade. What did that look like? Mm -hmm. And it was, I will not talk in school. I will not talk to school. I will not talk back to the teacher. It was constantly writing these sentences over and over and over that didn't leave time in the day for actually learning. Right. And because of that, I was like, you know, I don't want to put my kid through that. I don't want to hold my kids learning hostage to this, this sort of paradigm where it's like everybody needs to form in line to do the same thing, to respect one authority, whether not respect, but fear when authority, whether you respect them or not. And that's what really brought me to homeschooling, that I just wanted something different from my children because I'm self-taught. Everything that I claim accolades for, I had to teach myself. And so that's what I did in my free time when I wasn't behind the bars of school that literally had bars on the windows. Mm, wow, wow. And how long have you been homeschooling, uh, Danny? I've been homeschooling for six years now. Uh, I've homeschooled my daughter since she came out the womb. <laughs> I feel like even before, because I was teaching myself about um, health and nutrition and was applying it to her. And um, just the way I interact with my babies, we speak to them like they're adults. We recognize their personalities and who they are. And we recognize that they're whole human beings that are just in bodies, not yet capable mm -hmm. of doing for themselves. And so we've been teaching her since, since day one. Did you all hear that? She said homeschooling since day one, since she's a baby. So a lot of times we don't think about that aspect of homeschooling, you know, that young. Homeschooling starts when we officially say, okay, now we're going to start. But in all actuality, I, I totally agree with you. We generally, we do start teaching our children mm -hmm. from when they're from when they're infants mm -hmm. um one way or another we're teaching them so if any of you girlfriends feel like eh, i can't do it just know that if you have children you have already been doing it already and now you're just gonna it may shape a little different look a little different or you're gonna add things to it or whatever but um so danny you've been homeschooling for six years and you have implemented this 5e methodology what exactly is that and you mentioned that um prior to me Tell me yes. a, just a little bit, just a snippet about that. So the five E's methodology is something that I developed again from day one where I sat down and thought about, you know, how am I going to teach my kid? What curriculum am I going to give her? Not curriculum in terms of this is the way you do it because I was not aware of homeschool curriculums. I didn't do any reading on homeschool whatsoever other than I wanted to protect my child from the system. Mm. Um, so I was like, how am I going to go about this? And I needed something that kind of 
rhymed or flowed or made sense that was palatable because coming from a Caribbean background, you got to explain yourself when you break the mold because they will give you some hot fire tongue. So um, to avoid the ridicule, and I was living in New York also to avoid being prosecuted, I started to develop this ideology. And it starts first with environment. You know, how do you teach a newborn environment? Everything around them is a learning opportunity. Once they've mastered that, it comes down to exposure. That's where you come in as a parent and say, there's something not in our space. What is it? Let mm -hmm. me expose you to it. Uh -huh. It then goes into um, uh, engagement where you fully get into it and you, you figure out more about it. You dive deeper beyond what you can experience. So that takes into consideration books and theory and videos. You then experiment where you start to do things and then it leads to an endeavor. And five E's really is based okay. on being an entrepreneur where you start to teach yourself different things. You look at the marketplace, you look at society, and then you come together with other people to make something happen. Or maybe you might do it by yourself. But for me, education is very purpose driven. And so five E's really helps you lead toward a purpose without forcing learning or forcing grades or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. Oh, very good. I love that. I, I love that whole dynamic. And I can't wait to, you all going to have to hear more about it, all the details on the podcast. So just go over to the podcast. You want to understand what that really looks like and all the details and how she's going to unfold that in 2020. It's going to be pretty big. So go to the podcast and listen to that. But um, although Dana, you have been homeschooling since you was six years old, your oldest was six. Um, when would you say you were born? Huh? Since she was born, not since she was six. I'm sorry. Yeah. Since she was born. So it's been six years since she was yeah. born, six years. When would you say um, when you officially, I don't know if that's even a right terminology to say when you officially kind of said, all right, so, you know, we're going to start the schooling idea and now you're home, you're unschooling. But when you first got started, maybe was it a, um, an, uh, what's the word, um, traditional approach that you started? Let me ask you that first. Was it a traditional that you started or right out the gate you started unschooling when you officially kind of started? I started out the gate. I didn't know the term unschooling. It wasn't something that was in my environment. I didn't know that. Okay. I just started with this five E's. So out the gate, okay. it was, wow. you know, I'm laying in bed fully wrapped because I, I home birthed. So I'm home fully wrapped, no AC and we're not allowed to leave seven days and I've got this baby next to me and I'm all alone. So it's like, what are we going to do? What am I going to do with you? There's a person here. I had been talking to her wow. from the time that she was in the womb. Her father had been talking to her and explained to her what she could expect when she came outside. Wow. So now that she was here, it was like, so we were telling you about these things. Look, this is light. This is dark. This is in, this is out. This is up. This is down. Um, I had a lot of sensory things. So I would let her, I never put mittens or socks on her feet. Okay. So we always let her touch things with her hands and her feet. I incorporated tablets and cell phones really early because it had the vibration mode on it, yeah. which she could touch different things and a sound would come or she could touch another thing and there'd be a vibration. So it was a lot of sensory input and a lot of speaking to her. I even encouraged my mom to speak to her in French. So from day one, it, we started the, the schooling experience. Okay. And you know what? Even as you explain all that, Danny, and I'm like, okay, wow, mind-blowing. But, you know, what, what Danny really is describing is 
life learning. I mean, you she's living, real living, real learning. And, 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 and it's kind of sad that we have gotten into the mode of when did you officially get started? Like that's when the school system says five, six years old, but really learning is, should really happen at the beginning because it's just living life and you're in, engaged in life and all those things. So um, what were, now this, I'm going totally off script because your story is just so totally not the norm. I can even follow my script and I wasn't even expecting this. So um, girlfriend, just bear with me. But okay, so you, right out the gate, you started with your five E's, very to totally untraditional. Um, now she's six years old. What does her schooling look like? What does her life learning look like at this point? Um, before I talk about why she's six, if I may, if I may, I'd like to talk about like when she was two, because okay. two is, is what will get us to what school is like at six. Okay. So we knew that what we were doing was different. Like you hear what I'm saying. You think, okay, that's normal. That's natural. We're all teaching our kids every day. Right. But we learned very quickly that other parents weren't doing what we were doing Yeah. because at two, our daughter was signing right? At three months, she was swimming. At three months, we had her in sign language classes. And by the time she was two, her language skills, her communications skills were so well developed mm -hmm. that when she was around other children who couldn't speak, who couldn't articulate themselves, who couldn't interact with their parents as adults, interact with one another, we started to really see the difference. And we mm -hmm. just looked around like, wait a minute, is there you know, do we need to be sensitive to this child and parent because they're going through something like maybe on the spectrum or, or is it something else? And as we started to observe, because we had the environment to witness many families, we yeah. started to learn that parents just weren't doing what we were doing, right? Mm -hmm. We made mm -hmm. our child do everything for herself. If she could physically do it, yeah. she was doing it. From the moment she could bathe herself, she was bathing herself. Okay. I never brushed my child's teeth. Not once have I brushed her teeth. My husband may have a few times just okay. to make sure that she got the right spots. But yeah. if she was physically able to do it, we made her do it. If she was able to uh -huh. speak it, she spoke it. If she okay. couldn't, she signed it. Okay. She's not an expert at sign language. So it was really about us communicating with each other and kind of stepping back as parents and saying, we won't do everything for you. And that is how we were educating her. Now, jump forward to six years old. Yeah. There's nothing that my daughter can't do for herself short of it being too heavy or too high up. Okay. And so her daily experience is her making choices and doing them. And she knows when she needs to ask when it's something very new or it's something that we don't necessarily allow. Like I tell her, if you're going to watch television for fun, it needs to be in another language. If you're watching television for education, then you can watch it in English. Sometimes mm -hmm. she just, doesn't feel like learning and she wants to watch it in English. So she'll ask me, okay, mommy, what is this? Can I watch it? Is it okay if I do it in English? But her day is really self-directed and there'll be days where she'll be like, mommy, do something with me. Teach me mm. something. Mm -hmm. Let's do something together. And I'll like take the time out to plan and write things out and develop something. And she's like, mm, yeah, no, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do this. Okay. Over here. Okay. And sometimes I get upset by that because I spent a lot of time developing something for her. Yeah. yeah. And she's just like, nah. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Now, if um, now girlfriend, so so that you know, Danny unschools, okay. And if you're not familiar with unschooling, I'm going to give Danny an opportunity to talk about that because she said her daughter is self-directed in her education. So if that is foreign to you, let's go ahead and just, you know, break that down. What is unschooling? What does your typical day look like? If you can do that one. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, just, un, un, you know, break down uh, unschooling for us. So unschooling is where you basically allow your child to learn just from living, right? You don't sit down at a desk and have a board and say, today's aim is going to be X, Y, Z, and you can't do anything else other than what I tell you to do, right? This is the hour for math. This is the hour for science. This mm -hmm. is the hour for reading. Yeah. That's school, right? Or um, That's, a, I, I, I like another homeschool podcast that she says, schoolishness, right? Mm -hmm. Where you try to mimic what's happening in public school and do it at home. Right. Or you'll use punishments that they have in parochial schools to force your kid to do something in your homeschool, like homeschooling, you know, there, there's different ways to go about it, but specifically unschooling means you take direction from your child and you allow them to learn from their environment. Okay. Now, what a typical day looks like, I have no idea. It right. looks like if, if you were on the outside looking in, you would think that a typical day looks like chaos. Like we don't have a plan. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know our up from our down. We don't know our Saturdays from our Tuesdays. We don't know. Like sometimes it could be Sunday, four o'clock in the afternoon. Me and my husband want to just chill. And my daughter grabs this like box of like school stuff and flashcards and she's like, yeah, let's play school. And we're like, dude, it's four o'clock on Sunday. Right. Can we chill? Like unschooling never ends. There's no morning bell. There's no afternoon buzzer. There's no homework. There's no grades. There's no grading. There's no assessment. Mm -hmm. um, and that's important to note because if you have an unschooled child and you try to assess them, they will smell the BS and they will shut down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like anytime we try to test our kid she'll be like yeah no we're not gonna do that and she'll walk away so unschooling really is before I came to the terminology oh, excuse me before I came to the terminology of unschooling I likened it to a roommate having a roommate or having a co-worker someone who lives with you or works with you and is with you day to day uh -huh. they have their own thoughts and opinions and their own tasks that they need to do and you guys just do it in conjunction with one another. If you need help, you ask each other for help. If you need to work out a compromise, say you have one television, you work out a compromise, or say you know there's something missing in the home as a roommate, you guys will sit down and talk about it and try to find out where there can be a compromise and who has the strength to support that need more so than anybody else in the home. That's what I feel unschooling looks like, uh, the day for unschooling looks like. Yeah, yeah. And for you being such a, I think I have kind of pinned you well, you're a driven person, you focus, you have the schedule, have these things you get to get done because you have your hands involved in so many things. Does unschooling drive you crazy? Because it's like, okay, I don't have anything set in stone, nothing in order. I'm not going from A to Z and make it. Does it drive you crazy or is this a benefit to you as a, you know, your type of personality? 
it's a benefit to me actually, especially before this particular year. I would say before last year and this year, it was a benefit because our daughter was just in tow. She'd be at the brewery with us. She'd be in the tap room with us. She'd be at meetings with us. Like wherever we went, she was. And if she didn't want to go, she felt very confident to stand up to her grown parents who are West Indians and say to them, no, I do not want to go. Um, we've even, you know, we'll take her to her grandmother's house in a situation like that. And we've even experienced coming home from work and her saying to us, oh, it's you guys, you're here to ruin my plans. Ah. So it's like, she's very articulate to the point where we can move and she feels confident speaking to us about how she feels in any given moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so no, it hasn't driven me crazy. It works for our schedule because as an entrepreneur, I don't really have a schedule. It's kind of like someone calls and we got to jump or a beer taps out and we need to make more beer. And if she's there, she's like, yeah, can I brew too? It's okay. like, yeah, of course. Now we're doing math. Now we're doing science. Now we're doing chemistry. Right. Now we're doing communication because this is a hot environment and you need to listen so that you don't get burnt. Right. right? Pay attention. So every moment for us in our work life becomes a teachable moment yeah. because she's unschooled, she's there, and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, the last two years have been a little bit different because I haven't been in the brew house every single day. Okay. So like last year, I really started to focus on like, you know, how do we bring school into the picture? Because again, I had not been exposed to the unschool concept. It was just the five E's. So now I was like, we're going to codify it and we're going to write it down and we're going to make our own curriculum. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to put us onto that schedule, that's when hell broke loose. Mm -hmm. That's when things got like, wait, what? Like, first off, I can't even maintain the schedule because I don't know if I need to pick up and be on a plane and fly to New York for a week, which would break the schedule. Or if she just wouldn't be feeling it or if the baby needed something because I was newly postpartum. Mm -hmm. So it's like, trying to fit into that schedule just never worked so our chaos there's a method to it gotcha beautiful i love it and i love i love i love um hearing about that and the freedom that you have in it and uh, while it may look chaotic to some it's working as you're making it happen so with that in mind i mean it sounds beautiful tell us take us to your worst 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 day of homeschooling that um even in this unschooling, it was so bad. You thought, what am I doing? And why am I doing this? And somebody else needs to teach this child because she's, she's just too much for me to handle. Take us to that day, Danny. So we have not gotten to the day where someone else needs to teach this child. Or mm -hmm. I should say, I have not gotten to that day. Uh huh. My husband gets to those days. Okay. And our worst days, I would say my personal worst days is when I have work to do. And she wants to do something and I can't. Like those are our personal worst days where I'm just like, I mean, I've really got to buckle down and get this work done. I've really got to get these emails out or I've got to, you know, do an interview or I've got to do something and I can't pay attention to you. And I'm really sorry. And those are some of our worst days. Um, when it comes to my husband's interaction with us, with our homeschool experience, our worst days is when he wants to do schoolwork with her. Like do your math, do your reading, do your writing. Last year, uh, we introduced writing to her and th those days were horrible. They were absolutely miserable. We you mean like a, a math book and you know, an actual- Yeah, 
an actual curriculum. Not that we were following it. It's just like, hey, today, let's do something from this book over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those days were the worst. And there would be fights. There would be uh, threats. You know, the threat of, I'm going to put you in homeschool if you don't do this. If you don't sit down and complete this in this time frame, then we're going to put you in homeschool. And, you know, I have to admit that I have jumped on my husband's bandwagon at those times because we are, we are united front. And so if he wants to do something with her, I try to encourage her to Mm -hmm. see from his perspective and say, hey, you know, mommy's going to do this with you, but daddy wants to do this with you too. Daddy's really into math and he wants to make sure that you got your multiplication tables down, that you can add and subtract because there's something that he wants to teach you that he can't until you have these basics. And when it comes to forcing the basics, just because we want to get to another level, because when we look at Ivy, we see a teenager, we see a grown person who we want to do everything with, like our best friend. And we forget she's just a child. We forget she's six years old and wants to play. Because we're so, you got to be perfect. You got to be better than everybody else. You're the first generation. You got to make it for us. Because coming from, you know, an Arawak West Indian background, dealing with a lot of colonialism, all of this perfection was ingrained into us Mm. to survive the world. Mm -hmm. You know, the last thing our parents want was for us to be a stereotype in a prison cell somewhere. So it was learn your book, learn your book, learn your book. And our worst days are when that learn your book mentality comes out of us and we try to force it on our daughter and all hell breaks loose. We never think to ourselves, we're gonna actually put her in public school. We're never gonna do that because we we realize that if she went to school, she would be in trouble all the time and they would expel her just because of her her willingness to speak to adults as an adult, just because of the thought process, they would say she's interruptive, right? Mm -hmm. They would say that um, she's disobedient. Mm -hmm. They would say, uh, I mean, just name things that that people's children, especially children of color, have gotten into trouble for in schools that are really just them being human beings. Like She has too much mouth on her. Right, exactly, right? So it wouldn't be appreciated in a school but here it's okay yeah yeah so tell us your most proudest moment now i mean from baby to six years old okay can you think of one problem that just through this journey has made you so proud almost brought you to tears and you're like this right here this is why we're doing what we're doing and how we're doing it this way can you take us to that moment oh i think the moment that jumps out the best without boasting about how wonderful my daughter is, (laughs) is the day that she went out of the tap room into our courtyard back in New York and she entertained a party of adults. It was a baby shower. We had a number of events happening that day. Things were crazy. We couldn't pay attention to her at all. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to engage. And she, she left the tap room. She went outside in the courtyard she sat at the table and she was engaging every single adult to the point where they were coming to the bar and saying, hey, is that your kid? They're like, she's really well-spoken. She's, mm-hmm. she's entertaining us. Like she's having conversations with us where she tried to like first play with the children, but the children, they couldn't understand her level of interaction. It was too grown. Mm-hmm. So she just turned to the adults and spoke to the adults and mm-hmm. told them the story of her brother's birth, and, uh, you know, process of him being homeschooled and what she was learning from that and what she was learning in her daily life and how she bruised. 
and just having these very adult conversations mm -hmm. i think that for me is the proudest moment because she was let go into the world and she held her own baby girl hold it down wow that's beautiful beautiful i love it but girlfriend let me just let you know you're listening to girlfriend's chat with angela jordan perry and i have on today danny oliver out of texas you all be sure to share like go and review uh, write a review um on the podcast and just get it out there you're enjoying this content and it's encouraging you giving you some ideas some thoughts to consider for your own self, be sure to share it and get it out to other people, okay? So this part of our show, uh, Danny, is where uh, I just want to pick your brain, questions to pick your brain. So these can be quick answers um, and, you know, just, just give, give us your thoughts on these things here. So um, tell us, what is your favorite quote, Danny, that has helped you through this homeschooling journey? Um, hmm. Favorite quote. I think uh, just the concept, the wild and free quote. Whenever I think of wild and free, not a, it's not a quote from an author. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually a homeschool community I used to be a part of, but just wild and free. That's what like helps me every day and what I think about when I get in frustrate, when I get into a mode where I'm frustrated, I just think about wild and free and just, it reminds me to just let my daughter be wild, let her, let my son especially be wild, be themselves and be free. And what does freedom look like? It means me not imposing myself on them. Mm. And so that, that to me is my favorite quote, my go-to keep it wild and free. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Do you plan to homeschool? I think I know the answer to this, but do you plan to homeschool all the way to the end or whatever the end may be for you all? Yes, most definitely. I don't believe there ever will be an end. Uh, I am still learning, so I am technically still being homeschooled. Um, I imagine that my daughter will continue her education forever and ever because mm -hmm. one thing she said to me at three years old was, mommy, I want my school to have research. And um, she, she wants to be an astronaut, so I don't think she will ever stop learning. Mm -hmm. And I hope that one day I can unschool my grandchildren you know, when their parents are off traveling the world, exploring their careers in whatever format that might look like, I hope to be there and, you know, have a fight with my child where I'm like, I'm taking your kids and unschooling them. You go do you. And they're like, but mom, can I have my kid? You'll have right. your grandkids. So and I, that's why I said it that way, because normally, as I understand, unschooling, they don't have a an idea of there's an end. There's this, we're going to homeschool to this point. It's just pretty much when there's an agreement or, okay, I'm ready to move from this method of schooling. Now I'm going to go and do this or whatever it may be. If they're going to go on to college for a formal education, or they're going to go on and do whatever it else that tickles their fancy in their studies. So I, I love that. Uh, about and for me in the five E's methodology, that's when we get to the endeavor phase. Okay. That's where like, I'm no longer involved. So mm. you're doing an endeavor. Good for you. Go, go for it. And if you ever need to come back and start all over from environment, like, you know, you're 30 years old and you need to come home. <laughs> I love it. I, I can't wait to dive in deep with that. And, and you all get to hear more about that on the, um, on the podcast. Um, so do you, um, well, let me ask you this. Tell us something unique. You told us so much, but is there anything else unique that the, um, the Oliver family does in their homeschool that probably no one else do in their homeschool? Um, I think really focusing on uh, entrepreneurialism 
Uh, I think a lot of people might be teaching their children certain skill sets so that they can get a job in the future. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching my kids in a way where it's like, sorry about that. I'm teaching my kids in a way where it's like, you're not going to get a job. You're going to be an entrepreneur. What, what can you do to take care of yourself? So like my daughter said, mom, can we build a playhouse on the land and charge $5 so that um, homeschool kids can come and play? But then when school lets out, other kids can come play too. Like she's already thinking, how can I make money? How can I take care of myself? And that's not something that we're going to get to. For me, that's, that's right now. Like looking at my children, looking at what their strong points are, not forcing them to do it because that's what school does. It sees what a kid is really proficient at and forces them to do it. But seeing where their strengths are and then talking to them about that. Like, you know, how do you feel about this? And, and where's your mind going with this? And how do you see yourself taking care of yourself in the future? Mm. Um, I also use my brewery as a, as a schoolhouse. I don't think other homeschool parents do that, where I bring my children into alcohol manufacturing facilities. <laughs> and that is, you know, practical learning where we're getting real math, real chemistry, real biology, looking under a mic microscope, viewing yeast, um, and, and all of this is, is really showing her how these subjects apply to life. Because that's, that's like the biggest problem that kids have in school is that when you teach them a subject, they're like, well, how does this apply to life? Right. And the teacher never has an answer. They're just like, just do it. Yeah. Where for her, it's like, well, this applies to life because if the yeast are stressed out, we're not going to get a good product. We don't get a good product. We lose money. We lose money. I don't get mango snacks. I'm hungry. <laughs> Make she understands how it all plays. Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter's food budget is like $100 a week. So she knows the importance of us turning out good products so that, you know, she doesn't go without her chickpeas and mango snacks. Got you. Got you. Wow. Wow. Well, let me, um, how about, are there any resources that you think um, that every family should have, um, whether it be you know, books that you know, or I mean, any, any kind of resources you, that you like to share that we should be aware of? I think this is an area where I'm very different from other people as well. I, I believe that the best resource that you can have is writing your own, taking mm -hmm. that time out to, to look at your experience and, and what your child is doing it. And first having a library of your own journals and what you have been going through as a parent mm -hmm. And then encouraging your child later down the line to write in their journals as well. Not force them, just simply have books and pens and pencils around for them to do as they feel and you will see that develop. And I think that that's really important because a lot of times we'll turn to our parents and we'll ask them questions and they'll be like, I don't know. Like they, my parents sometimes can't even be a resource because they were too busy working or we were in school and they didn't observe us. So mm. they can't give us feedback because they just weren't there for that. Mm. And I think that's a lot of times where other people's resources come into play for families. If mm. you're taking the time to look at it for yourself and you're committed to homeschool, mm. you can build those resources for yourself and they will do a number of things. One, they'll help your child in the future to understand their own children because you've written down times when they've done certain things that maybe frustrated you or you didn't understand. So we just recently learned that when my daughter stops and stares at us, when we say something to her that really frustrated us because we thought she just didn't want to communicate, mm -hmm. we just learned that that came from my husband, that he used to do that to his mom. Mm -hmm. So now we look at it in a very different way because it's like, oh, you did this. Well, 
think back to when you did that, why you did that, and now you can be more gentle to her because you realize that you're just dealing with yourself. Right. And you wouldn't be mean to yourself. You wouldn't yell at yourself. You wouldn't threaten yourself. So right. how would you treat yourself in this situation? And it having my resources has my own resources has also helped because it reminds me why I homeschool. It reminds me why I have children. You know, I'll look back, I have a journal for each of them moments that they've had where they've done amazing things and I can sit back and laugh and smile and I also know that like if I were to drop down and die today Mm -hmm. they have a library of resources to say this is who I am Mm -hmm. this is where I come from and this is why I do what I do and that's important for us especially as as an Arawak because my heritage has been taken from me you know, yeah. my hair, I, I went to school and the first thing they did is say, well, you're a slave that we stole from Africa and you're only three fifths of a person. And it's like, oh my God, crap, I suck, right? Whereas going to my family and talking to them and hearing their stories, it's completely different from what I was taught in school. It's like, right. no, we came from the islands. We've sojourned around, you know, the Caribbean Sea and the Gulf of Mexico. We've gone up to New York and down to Brazil and across to Guyana. This is who we are and this is where we came from. Yeah. And it's, it's not what the textbooks say. And because of that, I'm able to find myself, whereas my children won't have to find themselves. Mm. They will already know themselves, right. if that makes sense. Yes. I love that. That's beautiful, Danny. I love it. I love it. And I never, I have never had out of 115 shows now, I've never had anyone say your own resources in that way that you described. And I think that is, that's, um, that is, that's deep. I just say that's deep and that's very treasurable. So um, I, I love that. Thanks for sharing that tidbit. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you've received on this homeschooling journey? Uh, yours. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> um, Gosh, um, knowing the, can I say it's advice? Advisement that I'm not alone, I think is the best form of advice that I've received on this homeschooling journey, that I'm not alone, I'm not crazy. There are other women who are dedicated to excellence within their children. They're not all white, you know, it's not a white thing. It's an everybody thing. Yeah. I'm not alone in the ideas that I come up with in my own space. You know, for a long time, my family and the, the community around me thought I was crazy. And they're like, Danny, what are you doing? No one thinks like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being exposed to your show, it's like, oh, wait, there are other people that do think this way. Oh, wait, there's other people who believe that they should raise their own kids, that it's important to do this and that it's possible. And there are other people who understand that, you know what, having a kid means that you give up some of yourself and educating your kid means that you continue to give up some of yourself, not in a negative way of sacrificing, Mm -hmm. but just saying, I had you for a reason. Mm -hmm. I wanted you, right? I, I wanted you. And so this is how I'm going to show you that I want you. This is how I'm going to make sure that I am making something society can benefit from. Hmm. I think that is the best advice. And, and just, I mean, listening to your, your racist homeschooling series, oh my gosh, it, it, it pulled me back from the edge because that was really like, we're going to be hermits. We're not going to talk to people anymore. I'm just going to shut everything down and we're just going to live in a bubble in a commune. And it's like, 
now we still have to be in the world even if we're not of it yeah 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 I know that I still go through that sometimes yeah I go through the same thing oftentimes but um but no so that that is very good and if you don't know yeah I when girlfriends got to homeschooling first start the catalyst of it was when I started a series called racist homeschooling so if you don't know about that just go and dig it up on YouTube go into girlfriends got to homeschooling with Angela Jordan Perry and go to my beginning days and you will see racist homeschooling up there so um, a lot has changed I, my views have changed my thought process have changed but I think it's a lot of nuggets still in that that series that I'm sure will encourage you so thanks for bringing that up Danny yeah um, that was a that was a very good one so here is the last question the million dollar question are you ready I am okay now, if you had to start all over again from day one, six years ago, before, no, not really six years, probably seven years, because baby was in your belly when you started teaching her. But if you had to start all over again, from when you first, first, first started and this little embryo was in your belly, um, what would be something that you would definitely change this time around as you began your homeschooling journey or something that you would be sure to implement this time around? I have been contemplating that question because you asked it the million dollar question to your girlfriends. Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about that one for a long time. And there are things that I want to change, but I don't know that I would change them mm -hmm. because hindsight is 2020, right. but the experience that you go through, it, it put me in a position where I can help other people. And that is the, I hate that cliche so much. I really, really don't like that cliche. But, you know, if, if I go back and do everything from the perspective that I see it now, yeah. there's no book for me to write, right? There's no mamas for me to help. If I didn't go through the mm -hmm. hospital system when I first got pregnant, I wouldn't be able to talk to women who went through a hospital system. I wouldn't be able to talk to women who went through a birthing center. I would just be like, I'm homeschool. I'm, I'm homeschool. I'm a home birther. I'm the home birth elite. You should do it this way and only that way. And I can't tell you why else. Right? right. Whereas I can talk to you about my hospital experience or how the hospital tried to imprison me and my husband, well, tried to imprison me and would allow my husband to be with me when they wanted to do their rounds and use me as a guinea pig for learning, where they wouldn't feed me, where they diagnosed mm -hmm. me with forced abortion when I just had Braxton hits. Like I, you know, being treated horribly being cursed at my husband being insulted by midwives in the birthing center if we didn't go through that we couldn't talk to other people about what happens and what led us to home birth and why home birth was the best choice for us right. you know why you know why it works so it's kind of hard to say like if I didn't try to put my daughter on a regimen I wouldn't know that she would be against it right I I, I wouldn't know um and it helped me to learn her. It helped me to, to negotiate with her. It helped me to build our communication skills. And I think it helped her to feel comfortable combating me because I dare not combat my mother when I was her age. <laughs> the belt. Right? Period. Right? Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I actually could go back and do what I do that I decided to mm -hmm. and get the same results because there was learning in it. Mm -hmm. And 
some of the learning was painful and some of it was hard, but you know, moments pass. I love it. That's, I love it. I love it. I love it. She wouldn't change a thing because all of it has led her to be who she is and all the learning that she learned all the, all the, through all of that. And now it allowed her to maybe give it to someone else. So I, I, I get that. And I appreciate that. That's, that's good. Good stuff. Very good. All right. Well, girlfriends, let me tell you, well, before I tell you what I need to tell you, Danny, <laughs> Are there any last words of advice you want to give to the girlfriends? And please let us know anything that you have your hands involved in that we need to connect with that you um, think we should know about. Yes, girlfriends, I want you to know, first and foremost, homeschooling is not school at home. It's mm -hmm. not bringing in a regimen into your house that is designed to break your children's spirit to force them to move with a group and not think or to fear authority figures. Homeschool is really about you taking the time out to bring education in a thoughtful way, in a purposeful way into your home and into your lives. And um, I just want you to feel encouraged at all times to be your child's mother, your child's friend, your child's teacher, your child's doctor, because you know best, you're experiencing every moment with them. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you as well to not give up. You will be tired. Mm -hmm. You will have hard days, but guess what? When you're in the workplace with coworkers that get on your last nerve, mm -hmm. you don't kill them and you don't throw them away. So right. just look at your kids like coworkers and get <laughs> through the day together so you can all reach that positive goal that you have in mind. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So what you got your hands into, we need to know about. I'm working on that 5Es methodology. I really want to get out there and, and work with mamas. I've been doing um, Mama's Nights Out, um, which was re me really encouraging women to be in public spaces while nursing, while postpartum, while pregnant, because uh, for a long time, um, I experienced being bounced from places where people just didn't want me around because I was pregnant or because I was nursing. Hmm. So I'm, I haven't been out there for the last year and a half because I was just in a very big transition period. So I'm just really looking forward to getting back out there and showcasing what a woman in business who is a mother looks like while homeschooling her kids and helping to remove taboos. Uh, hmm unfortunately my life is all about pioneering and I say unfortunately because it's annoying but um that that's what I'm getting my hands to continuing this pioneering journey to showcase that what we've done in the past we can do now and it doesn't take away from our children because a lot of people think we might be destroying our kids and we're not no mm -mm. Mm -mm. and it's called mama's night out is that a a group, a website, or, or? Oh, it's just events that I host here and there. I don't have one planned, but I will be planning some for 2020. Okay. Uh, I will be releasing more information about the 5Es methodology. You can follow me on Instagram, My Energy Plane. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I talk about all things that are personal, not necessarily business related. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I do develop websites and links and, and YouTube channel for those things, you my energy plan will be the first place I drop that information. Okay, good deal. All right, well, girlfriends, 
You are the average sum of the five people you hang out with. And this hour, you have been hanging out with Danny Oliver out of Texas. So keep up the momentum and continue to connect with positive resources, positive people who are going to encourage you on your journey. And then you be that positive reservoir. I like that word now. Reservoir that people, other people can draw from as well as they're on this homeschooling journey. Just remember, like Danny said, you know, you're not the only one. I mean, there's a lot of us out there. It's a lot. And, you know, part of my purpose-driven life is to, to make a positive impact on thousands of homeschools worldwide. So there's thousands of us all over the globe. Uh, so you're not alone. There's a lot of uh, people that you can get connected to. So just, um, and a lot of resources like yeah. Girlfriend's Guide to Homeschooling, Girlfriend's Chat, Mama's Night Out, you know, the five, five E's methodology. There's a lot of resources out there to get you going and stay going confident and successful uh, with no assessment attached to it, just success that you create and you desire, you know, this is what success is going to look like for you. All right, so um, keep going, keep it up, keep up the good work, and um, and you're gonna see the fruits of your labor um, sooner than later. I promise you, I promise you. And then also, girlfriends, just remember that um, to to teach a child is to touch a life. And as we homeschool, we not only touch a life, we shape the future through our efforts of homeschooling. And I like what Danny said, not just shaping the, the, uh, the lives of our children, but our grandchildren too. But we're gonna snatch them up and say, we're gonna teach you, we're gonna, hunt, we're gonna unschool you. So, you know, we shape the future through our efforts of homeschooling. So keep making a positive impact day after day, year after year, all right? So be sure to go and uh, check out Danny's interview. She should be, um, let's see, what interview? I think she's number 13. I should know this, but she's number 13 interview uh, for this season two. And um, check out the podcast number 10 uh, as a, she's on a season two, podcast number 10. So, all right. All right. Well, Danny, thank you for joining in and dropping your nuggets. Great, 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 great information, insights. Um, very uh, unique. And um, oh, a lot of adjectives I can give unique. Um, pioneering for sure, just a, a breath of fresh air because this is something that you just, you know, is, if no one is uh, accustomed to that way of schooling, I think you just blew their minds indeed. Anybody got bl mind blown out there? Your mind is totally blown to this way of schooling. But if you want to know more, look in um, the show notes, Danny, you can get in contact with Danny, ask her some questions, you know, pick her brain some more. If you want to know what that looks like to start schooling from, from the womb, contact Danny. Okay. Danny out of Texas. All right. Okay. Danny, thank you. Until next time, this is Angela Jordan Perry, Girlfriend's Guide to Homeschooling. And you just are listening to Girlfriend's Chat. Be sure to share, 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 and get this information out to other girlfriends. All right. Until next time. Bye, Danny. What'd you say? So hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Thank you. All right. Until next time, girlfriends. Peace and love.